following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. This morning, we get this, this interesting moment in Scripture. And I was trying to think, what, what is this like? What is this triumphal entry like? And what it's like is a parade, right? And luckily, all of you physically got to experience that this morning. There's a book that I read a while back, um, and uh, one of the chapters in it, the author writes and says, we started throwing a parade in our neighborhood. The only rule was no one watches the parade. Everyone's in the parade. Because when you think about it, parades are super weird, right? Let's all show up to this place and the place where we usually drive, let's make people walk along it. Like that's basically what a parade is. And and as we get going this morning, I wanna share with you my greatest parade experience. And I was really excited to have found video of this parade online. So Sarah's going to go ahead and pull up this video to show you I was there and see if you can spot Matt in the midst of it. That was Matt's 15 seconds of fame. Because when you play the bass drum and there's a giant Rose Bowl logo on it, the camera goes, aha, there it is. So in 2007, uh, I was in college, but Matt and his band got to march in the Rose Bowl. Now we went to a, at that point, it was a Super 5A. So as you could tell, the band was pretty big. But Matt was one of two bass drums, and we got texts from a bunch of people going, oh my gosh, we just saw Matt on live TV. So, you know, Matt's HGTV famous. But... It was a really interesting experience because you have to get tickets to the Rose Bowl parade. To to the Rose Bowl as well, but I'm talking about the parade. So you have to get tickets to the Rose Parade. They have all of these big uh, bleacher stands that they build along the route. Now there are some homes and stuff where people can just go sit outside, but we went with our friends, the Fosters. And so it was my parents, me, my sister, Anna, my buddy Rylan and his parents, and we had to get there, required to be in the stands three hours before the parade started. Bleachers. And they were like, yeah, this is just how it works. And it wasn't because you were going to lose your seat. It's because the parking was so bad. And if there are a few things I strongly dislike in this world, it's waiting in lines and sitting around and waiting for something to start. But I'll tell you what, that parade was almost worth it. It was a cool parade because here come all these floats by, all made out of flowers, which like, who decided that? And then said, let's keep doing it. Great idea. But here was this parade and we came to see Matt march through. I got to thinking, I was like, why do we love parades? Because again, they don't seem to make a lot of sense. But we have parades for almost every major event in this country. Think about it. We've got a Thanksgiving Day parade. 
We've got Christmas Day parades. We've got parades on July 4th. We've got parades on Veterans Day. We've got parades, and you could just keep filling them in. We've got homecoming parades. We've got all these parades that happen around bowl games. Anytime a team wins a championship, what do they do? Have a parade, right? And to me, like, it just seems like I don't know if I want to go and sit somewhere for a long time to watch people walk past me. But as we look at what's happening in a parade, I think it's the shared experience that we all get to come together and share what's happening, that we all get to come together and celebrate a similar thing. The Rose Parade. You know, what's happening there is the Rose Bowl, we we all get to watch as all of these amazing floats go by. Homecoming parades, that time where people come together to celebrate the local high schools. Thanksgiving celebration that we're about to eat. And so as we look at the triumphal entry, as we look at Palm Sunday, of Jesus coming in, we get this feel of a parade because people just start coming out and lining the entry to Jerusalem and celebrating his coming in, that there is this shared experience of who he is. But it's such an interesting story because first we have the cult, and I'm really glad that we read that Zechariah passage before we came in. And if you didn't hear, in that passage, Zechariah says your king is coming on a donkey, on the cult of a donkey. So a young donkey. Well, why is, why is this important? I saw an acquaintance of mine from seminary, a really poetic guy, um, this week tweeted out, and he said, in the days of old, in springtime, kings would ride to war. And so your king rides on a colt to go to war with sin, death, and the devil for you. Because the kings who would lead the armies would have their war horses. They would have the tank of the day, right? They are riding in on these horses. But Jesus rides in on a young donkey. And there's just some cool aspects to this story too. Because right, there's this moment where he tells his disciples, hey, go, you'll find this colt here. Just go ahead, take it. Don't worry about it, just take it. Right? That's like someone going, hey, listen, there's this Honda Accord. If you turn right and then left, it's the greenhouse, three houses down. Just go ahead. Keys are in the visor. Just go ahead and take it. And talk about like the horrible neighbors around this cult where they go, uh, excuse me, what are you doing? And they said, the master needs it. And they said, our bad. The master got it. But th- there's this minor miracle in the triumphal entry where the disciples just roll in and go, yeah, Jesus needs it. And the people go, deal. Like, okay. But here comes Jesus coming in on this colt. And what happens is people start taking off their jackets and putting them both on the colt and then on the ground. They start pulling down palm branches. So you have palm leaves this morning, or I don't know the technical term, a palm frond. Frond is all of them. Let's call it a palm, okay? You got a palm as you came in this morning. But they would have the fronds and they were tearing them down, putting them in his way as he came up into Jerusalem as a way to say, no, don't even touch the dirt. 
That's how excited we are to see you. That's how worthy you are that we want to block you from getting even the dirt on you. And so you have the cult, this, this moment of Jesus coming in, fulfilling prophecy, but being the king who rides in, not on the war horse, but on the colt. That you have people celebrating, knowing how good Jesus is. But if you noticed, what do they say? They say two things. First, they say, Hosanna. God, save us. Save us now. So they're looking and saying, yes, you're the one. You will save us. We are shouting, Hosanna, save us now. What's a lot of fun about Hosanna is if you've been in the church for a while, you've probably heard this word, but like the modern day equivalent of the type of word would be something like, um, you know, like yeet, like some kind of uh, phrase that is just in the vernacular now. So good, Zach's laughing, he gets it. But that's the kids are using that word, right? But Hosanna, when you look it up, it's one of those words that kind of is this weird amalgamation of God save us, of save us now, that it was the vernacular. These people weren't screaming something like, thou art holy, O Lord, and you are coming into Jerusalem, so Hosanna. Like These are people who are pumped and they're using the modern day equivalent of save us. Come on, do it now. But what's interesting is what immediately follows it is save us now for the kingdom of David is returning. The call is save us now and return us to power. We want the kingdom of David back. They're looking around, not only at their present times, but at their history of being under the boot of foreign countries. And they're saying, save us now, restore our country, restore our kingdom. They're not saying, let the kingdom of God come. They're saying, let the kingdom of David return. Save us now for that. Because these crowds that on Sunday will yell, Hosanna, save us now, on Friday will yell, crucify him. Because their hope wasn't in Jesus as the Son of Man sent for the sin of the world. Their hope was in Jesus, the leader of a people who would overthrow the Romans. So on Palm Sunday, we begin to see how Thursday and Friday could happen. How Jesus, who we look at, who we see and say, Jesus, the powerful and mighty, Jesus, the meek and mild, Jesus, the savior. And sometimes it's hard for us to connect how people could, could see him and know him and in the span of a week, lose sight of it. But they started at the beginning of the week looking in the wrong places. And it wasn't just the crowds. His disciples will deny him. His closest friends will abandon him. But still, he rides in on the colt to go to battle with sin, death, and the devil for us. So why does Palm Sunday matter today? Because it feels kind of strange. 
Listen, I have had these palms sitting in my refrigerator for a week and a half. Luckily, we have an outdoor drink refrigerator, so like lucked out there. But a couple of my friends who are church planters were like, yeah, the life of a church planter, the palms just live in the fridge for a little while. But it's kind of weird. It's weird that I had to text my dad, who's a pastor, and be like, hey, who's your palm hookup? Like, wh- where do you get them palms from? Because it's like a strange thing to order, and you have to think ahead of ordering them. Because if you were to order them like I did a couple years ago, like the Wednesday before Palm Sunday, they're not coming. Like they're not gonna be here in time. So they're this strange, I mean, it's, it's a plant. Like, that's it. But what it represents is that the king was coming. This afternoon, um, we're gonna put up a video for uh, kids, take, take your palms home. On the website, we're gonna put up a video where you can actually fold a palm like this into a cross to have a reminder for you to say, hey, while Palm Sunday happens, we know that Friday is coming, but Friday is good Friday because of what Jesus is gonna do. But Palm Sunday is still important to us today because how often do we mistake Jesus for a genie? How often do we forget that Jesus didn't come to make our wishes fulfilled, but he came to save us? It's easy for us to get mixed up in this idea that if I follow Jesus, everything I want is going to happen. That my life is gonna be smooth. And I'm here to tell you the promise of Jesus is actually, if you follow him, it will bring trouble. But the point is he is there with you in the trouble. That Palm Sunday is still important for us because we can stand on both sides of that crowd. On the one hand, we can deeply and in our soul proclaim Hosanna, save us now. Listen, coming off the year we have had, I need save us now. My anxiety, my fear, my frustration, my anger, my sin, I need to be saved. But even as I look at that, I can see the other side of me that says, and Lord, here's my list. Here are the things I want. And that list isn't just full of like, you know, Lord, I would like a bank vault full of gold doubloons, right? I want bonus points for using the word doubloons in a Palm Sunday sermon. But like, it's not just like what we would say would be automatic, you know, oh, that's not the way of, of Christ. But it's things that, that I long for. It's things that I think follow his plan, but I don't have yet, or or they're not for me. I don't know, but I look and I go, Lord, if you loved me, you would do this for me. Because I look at the crowd and I can actually begin to empathize because I can't imagine what it would have been like for generations of my family to be under the heel of an oppressor. Every July 4th, just north of here in Wahlberg, the Daring family gets together. My great-great-grandfather founded Wahlberg. 
Like a fool, he called it Wahlberg instead of daring because then I could make it like make more sense to you. He's not a fool. He's a great guy. I didn't know him, but I assume. But we meet there. I've never been afraid to meet there. I've never feared that the police are going to break it up because we're gathering together. I've never been afraid that some foreign government is going to mess with all of that. So I can have compassion and empathy for that crowd that was looking for freedom from the Romans, that was looking to return to what they knew. I can understand that because in my own life, I look at the things that I want and I say, Lord, I think this is okay. I think this is what you want, but I have to remember the goal of my faith is not that I get what I want when I do what I'm supposed to. It's that when I didn't do what I was supposed to, I got what Jesus gave me. That Palm Sunday brings us back to the beginning of a week where Thursday and Friday, we will come together and remember somber but joyful moments. What a strange Religion, what a strange faith that would get together and say, the greatest man in our faith died and we're going to celebrate it. But the good news of, of Palm Sunday is that Jesus knew what was coming. Even as the people shouted and praised him, as they dropped their cloaks on the ground, that could you imagine if he just decided, I want this. I'm going to stick around for the good stuff. But no, the king rides to war against sin, death, and the devil for us. The good news of Palm Sunday rings true every year. We get together, we order palms from some place that has been cutting palms probably longer than we know. We process in from a sunken garden to remember the way it happened. We wave our palms in the air. We feel a little silly doing it, but we do it to remember our God saves. When he didn't have to, he did. When he didn't need to, he did. When it was the only way for us to come back to him, he did. So we proclaim Hosanna today, not as some way of saying, Lord, I want it, but we proclaim, Hosanna, save us now because it's already done. That the good news of Jesus for us is that when we leave this place today, there's nothing you have done, there's nothing that you will do that can separate you from the love that Jesus had as he rode in on a colt to go to war and that war would bring him to a cross to die for us. And boy, next Sunday, are we gonna celebrate that that cross didn't win. But today, I'd encourage you, take it some time, slow down and remember the good news that Jesus would ride to war. Even as people shouted his name, as they proclaimed his glory, as they wanted him to go one direction, and he said, no, this is my way that we celebrate together. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we can remember that when we cry Hosanna, 
your answer is it is finished. The saving is done. We belong to you. Lord, we give you thanks and praise that something as silly as palm fronds and a cult could remind us of the goodness of our Savior. Amen. Amen.